question everything. Welcome all you creeps to murder on the Episode 2 of Season 4 of Insane Mental Disorders, Paranoia, and the Paranormal. Mm. Today, I'm very excited. We're going to be talking about schizophrenia. That's my favorite. I feel like, in all honesty, it's a lot of people's favorites. It's personally mine, too, because uh, when I'm talking about this, I'll go into it, but it's actually a pretty rare mental disorder, and you have to go through a ton of tests, and it's not just like genetics or um, uh, biological factors. It actually has a lot of really interesting and quote-unquote risk factors that anyone can really develop throughout their life or have uh, periods of that paranoia, schizophrenia. Hmm, yes. Well, with my experience of actually being, I mean, not in a mental institution, but like, it reminds me of a mental institution. It's a behavioral health center. There was actually maybe two or three people there that were diagnosed with schizophrenia. One was this old dude that looked like one of those old metal hair rockers, like from the 80s. Like glam rockers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. His name was Robert. Really sad. He didn't own a pair of shoes. Oh, that's really sad. Um... And he would constantly end up back there. Yeah. Because he's homeless. He can't afford his medication. Yeah. So. That sucks. I mean, but at least there's a spot for him in that regard. That, here's the thing too with uh, schizophrenia. It depends. We'll go into it. But there's a few different levels of that. And it's just like, you're going to hear about certain cases. And like I said, it's not always... A biological factor too like there's a bunch of risk factors like you could even get from a really bad viral infection you could get schizophrenia just by how it messes with your cognitive abilities but uh before we get into that what the heck are we smoking on dude this is called false teeth i actually like the name um what's it for like what's it, is it a hybrid so it is it is a strain between Grandpa's Breath and um, Granddaddy Perp. Interesting. So, it's an indica-dominant hybrid. Okay. And it... Uh, prodigonous resin producer. Fruity, earthy sweetness. I'm, like, skimming this. I'm not actually, like, reading the description. <laughs> That's fine. I feel like I do too much reading sometimes. Okay, so although false teeth yields an average crop, the protein sticky buds are more more than make up for the lack of weight. Maybe that's why I have so many nugs in there. For the lack of weight? What is it saying? Is it dense? So, no, it's not a dense. Oh, wait, I mean, well, not dense. Uh, airy, so it's, like, light and fluffy. Yeah. Burns fast. Kind of, yeah. I could see that. That makes sense. Because I was, like, looking at your package, too. I was like, damn, this is actually well, a lot. Well, it's also a fourth. 
I know, but still. But yeah, I was also you saying get, like, like sometimes yeah. you get those monster bags and they're like, yeah, here you go, sixty bucks, and you're like, what the fuck did I just pay for? This is this is nothing. This is not gonna last me. But that's a fourth. Are you fucking kidding me right now? And then you're just like, oh. weigh it up, and you're like, well, shit. It's the weight. So, yeah. but the strain is I like more like, like it an, burned really fast. An evening strain. So it's like a That's relaxing. okay. I took some. I should have brought some. It's a Urban Moonshine Simmer Down. My friend Tiana actually works for Mountain Rose Herbs, and she bought some before they um, got rid of it. And it has ashwagandha and tulsi in it. And you take that, a few droplets of that, and then you can either pair it with CBD or you can pair it with, like, your evening joint or evening toque. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. So I took some of that actually before I came here because it helps with your nervous system. And I should bring some over to you, but if you're nervous or you're feeling like, you're just feeling kind of like out of sorts and you're too stressed out and you need to chill, uh, Urban Moonshine does a really good, like I said, simmer down tonic that you just take as like little droplets. Mm-hmm. You can pair really well with weed. Mm-hmm. So this is just sweet, earthy, and a hint of grape. I, I mean, grape, but I don't get how people taste like this type of shit. Like, Honestly, oh, some people have, like, grapes. tongues for it. Some people are very, like, connoisseurs. My my boyfriend is a connoisseur of weed. He will tell people if their weed is shit. He will tell people if their weed is good. He is 100% always, like, oh, yeah, I taste this and this and this. And he's extremely spot on. He's got, like, a super taster tongue. I'm jealous. Yeah, like, I think that's it why was so all the years of too. smoking I had. Like, cigarettes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Cigarettes kind of burn my um, sense of smell, but now it's starting to come out really good. But I've also not smoked in, like, two years. So. Hmm. Although I've been really craving it. These last two weeks have been extremely stressful for me, just with my job. So I've been like, oh, should I go down to the store and should I... I used to smoke Marble Red 100s. No, I'm not <coughs> a meth addict. I just... I, if I was going to go hard, I was going to go hard. But I was thinking about picking up some herbal cigarettes, like American Spirits or whatever. Oh, I love American spirits. They're so long. They're so At least you get, like, basically They're twice harsh. the amount of one cigarette. Yeah. Or two cigarettes and one, basically. Yeah. They're more expensive, too. Yeah, I know. Those were the hipster cigarettes. Yeah, everyone smokes American <laughs> spirits, especially if you live in Midtown Reno. And if you don't smoke American spirits, you better smoke something, like, better. Which I really don't know what that would be. Because camel, <laughs> camel's not better. Marble's not better. Palmalls. <laughs> Palmalls are the poor man's cigarette. Other yeah. than um, something eagle. What is that? I know what you're talking about. Anyways, let's get back to schizophrenia. So, um, season four, episode two, schizophrenia. Uh, by definition, it's a mental disorder that's characterized by delusions, hallucinations, disorganized speech, and behavior. A sense of losing touch with reality. Schizophrenia, which is actually quite uncommon, and most people diagnosed have to go through a ton of lab tests and psychological evaluations because it is not common and the correct diagnosis can easily be questioned. So, uh, per the National Institute of Mental Health, there are three categories that um, are within uh, people diagnosed with schizophrenia. Now, these uh, categories vary and can be more dominant with one category as opposed to the other two, but I found it quite interesting. 
Um, symptoms of schizophrenia usually start between the ages of 16 and 30, and in rare cases, there are children that have been diagnosed with early onset schizophrenia as early as seven years old. That's the earliest diagnosis or diagnosis that they can give. Um, with these three categories, it's positive, which is not necessarily positive, positive, but uh, negative and cognitive. Positive symptoms uh, are psychotic behaviors not generally seen in healthy people. People with positive symptoms may, quote, lose touch with some aspects of reality, and these symptoms include hallucinations, delusions, thought disorders, unusual or dysfunctional ways of thinking, like, say you are completely convinced that the CIA is, like, tapping your phone. So if that becomes the case, then you have this huge belief that the CIA is tapping your phone specifically, trying to listen to your conversation specifically. Now, maybe you have something to hide, or maybe you don't have something to hide, but it's... If you don't have something to hide, it's a delusional way of thinking. Um, and movement disorders, agitated body movements. So most times people with schizophrenia say, that's are usually almost like I can see that like if you're utterly convinced of something mm-hmm. and everyone is just like, What are you talking about? Like I can totally see that as like I don't know. The only word that comes from to mine is paranormal. Paranormal or like paranoia? No, paranormal. Like, because if you think you're normal, like, if you think there's nothing wrong with you and you start having these, um, like, hallucinations and mm-hmm. stuff like that and you start believing this stuff and nobody else around you believes it, it's mm-hmm. almost like it's paranormal if you think about it. That's why most people well, that's who why they experience think, yeah. paranormal like, activity in their homes and stuff they they're just like now you're just crazy yeah no i could see that well and also in a paranormal aspect too with schizophrenia sometimes when they say losing touch with reality there's a huge idea that there's a veil behind what's real and our reality and what that means is we have created our own reality which is scientifically true we create our own like dimensions we create our own reality but also when you pull the veil back what is out there supernatural and paranormal wise and what if these people that are diagnosed with schizophrenia just keep breaking the veil it's like breaking the fourth wall in a show you're not supposed to look at the audience cuz that breaks so you're the fourth wall to tell me breaking Deadpool. that fourth wall Deadpool and who breaks the fourth wall the Truman Stan show Stan and Kyle from South Park they break the fourth wall all the time when yeah. Kenny dies yeah god damn it <laughs> yeah but, like, when you break the fourth wall, so they're breaking the fourth wall of reality. So it's really so interesting. So schizophrenic. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say that. I can see I Deadpool. I can see Deadpool being schizophrenic. He has three voices in he has, And they don't show it in the movie either. Yeah. It's only in the comic book, but he has three voices that he talks to himself, mm-hmm. and then he has his inner dialogue. It's the funniest thing. There's actually a really good movie, speaking of Deadpool and thinking of Ryan Reynolds, there's actually a movie that Ryan Reynolds does called Voices, and it talks about a man with schizophrenia, and, like, how he, he's, like, accidentally a serial killer, but it shows his point of view with everything. Oh my god! It's like, no, it's insane, but I actually, I really like that they did that, because it just showed this innocent guy kind of trapped in a mindset that messes with him so much and where he's accidentally killing people, but then he's also kind of demented because he's lived with it like that for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where he honestly, like, he talks to his animals. He believes that he hears them talk back. He oh, has, like, I think I've seen that movie. Voices is actually really great. I'll give Ryan Reynolds props. Ryan Reynolds most times either chooses his own movies or he writes his own scripts. 
or he helps with the production. He's always doing something. So I think you can find it either on Hulu or Netflix. But it's it's really good, and Ryan Reynolds did a really good job, even though I'm not the biggest Ryan Reynolds fan. How can you not be? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I see. I, I guess he is attractive, but to me, I, I just, guess he's attractive. I mean, he is. I think it's he falls into that pretty boy aspect to me, and I'm like, oh no. I don't know. I don't, I don't do pretty boys that well. I don't look well. at him as a pretty boy simply because I love his humor. His humor is really what gets me. I will give you that. His humor is totally what gets me. But um, yeah. So going back, uh, That's positive what makes symptoms. My knees weak. Versus humor. Humor. Yeah, a humor Man, is a big if you thing got to a good too. fucking sense of humor, I'm fucking weak. Yeah, I, I guess humor, it has to be the right sense of humor because I am pretty dark with my humor and I generally don't share a lot of it because I feel like people would get like offended or people would be like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, that's just me. That's my, I guess that's a big selling point with my boyfriend too. Beyond, I find him extremely attractive. I think that he's a really great cook. Humor is one thing. We always said if we could watch movies and eat the same types of food and love the same type of sports, like we were soulmates. And we both love football and hockey. We both love the horror movies. We have so many horror movies. It's fucking ridiculous. Our house is like a horror museum with half the shit that we have. And we have most of it right now in the garage, unfortunately. But And then we love the same foods. It's either Asian cuisine, um, uh, Hispanic, mostly Mexican cuisine, or good old, like, Irish cooking. Like, we love shepherd's pie. We love uh, corned beef and cabbage. Um, or just coming up with some really interesting recipes. We're not big on pastas, but we both don't really have a huge, like, Italian background. Is so it Mike Italian? History. Huh? So it isn't Mike Italian? No, Mike's not Italian. No. I told him because my boyfriend was a dick, and I was always told on my dad's side that we were Native American, so I, like, oh, dude, that was the yeah. biggest letdown. My down. grandpa still goes to powwows in Nebraska and Wisconsin. And what the fuck? We do our ancestry DNA and we're like, uh, we are Romanian, Estonian, Portuguese, <coughs> and like Bulgarian. And that's like, oh, and Greek. That's where you get the dark portion of my dad's family beyond being Scandinavian and Finnish and all sorts of shit. That's what we get on my dad's side. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So then I thought, oh, well, you know, my mom, she, like, her family's from the South, but my mom's always had, like, this olive-toned skin. Sure enough, I think from her, we also got a Greek side in our family. And then, um, I, you know, we got the blue eyes from our Viking side, and my mom's got green eyes. But I always thought somewhere, like, we would show Native American. Well, I also have a fucking Native American tattoo. Now, not that I got it because I grew up on a res. I did not. Um, but I got it because I thought, oh, I've got this French and Native American kind of piece that I designed myself no thinking it'd be cool. Nope. I found out I was very little French and not even a smidge of Native American. So my boyfriend called it and he was being a jerk about it in oh. a fun way. He was being a jerk about it. So when I found that out, he was like, oh, that sucks. You got a tattoo. We've got this huge fucking Irish tattoo, and I always told him, I was like, I hope you get that ancestry DNA, and I hope you find out you're not fucking Irish, but that you're Scottish, and that you're also fucking Italian, which he cannot hit, he cannot stand some of his Italian friends. He's like, I fucking hope not. So that was interesting, but no, he's not Italian, and it makes sense because we both don't really crave pastas. We both have a little bit of, we have a lot of Eastern European in us, and a lot of Finnish and Russian in us, so I think that's why we kind of have the same food taste and everything like that, but... No, that was interesting, and I can totally see that we're not Italian. 
Although we talk with a lot with our hands and we're pretty loud. <laughs> it's fucking true. Anyway. Okay. So you found... Oh, you didn't find... No, I think it's not the voices. I think it's just voices. No, it's the voices. That's what it is with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. I'm oh, okay. Up right now. I was wondering if that's why you couldn't... Black comedy horror film is what the genre is. It's funny that they say black comedy. I feel like it should just be dark comedy. Black comedy. Black like your soul. Black like your coffee. I was just thinking. Or my... black like a ghost, I guess. No, I was gonna say. I was oh. like, you always hear like. I remember this guy. What the fuck was his name? Oh, Nick. And he used to <laughs> always come up to the coffee bar, and he used to be like. And he's just, like, random dude, but the coffee bar that I used to work at, he'd always be like, I like coffee like I like my women, black and strong. And I was like, I could totally see you with that. Like, Serena Williams-like woman. I could totally see that, so that's what I was going to say. It's not black like like your woman, because that's all I was thinking in my head, but I feel like dark comedy would make sense. Like, I've never heard black comedy, but... That's weird. Yeah, it's an interesting way to put it. Anyways, so going up to uh, negative symptoms. Negative symptoms are associated with disruptions to normal emotions and behaviors. These include what's called the flat effect, which is reduced expression of emotions via facial expression or or voice tone. So, like, the flat effect is where you should be emotional. You basically fall very, like, sober and somber with your facial expressions, and you're very, like, monotone. So you express no emotion when you should and too much emotion when you shouldn't. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Another one is reduced feelings of pleasure in everyday life. So literally it feels like you're kind of zombied out. So it's almost like when you get monotoned with a customer and customer service and then they just start getting angrier at you because you're not like... Expressing emotion. So it's like basically those two people in one setting. Ugh. Similar to, like, that borderline personality disorder, but you're, like, actually dealing with some experienced voices, but most of the time you're constantly fighting against yourself, whether it's decision-making. Sometimes the simplest decision of, like, should you have peanut butter and jelly or a ham and cheese sandwich, you literally cannot decide. It's, it's like, debilitating to you with certain things. Um, another one is difficulty beginning and sustaining activities. So, a big thing that I've noticed when researching mental disorders is it's a hard time, even though you have a habit, which is something that you do as almost religiously, mm-hmm. it's a hard time inquiring treatment for that habit. I don't know why, but some of the interviews that I watched on YouTube with people that deal with schizophrenia have a hard time breaking away from the routine of allowing their schizophrenia personalities sometimes or like their voices to come through. Um, it's not always by choice, but it's also not, you'll notice in a lot of videos and interviews, it's not them pushing back against those voices. It's almost like the voices that keep them company, you know? Mm. That's um, interesting. Yeah, especially the younger the diagnosis I've, I've realized. Um, reduced speaking. So sometimes you'll notice in conversations like with schizophrenic is, I feel, I wonder if it's because they have such a hard time deciding on little things in life, if they have such a hard time deciding on what they're going to say, how they're going to respond, that they almost lose focus in the conversation completely. So. So, um, another, which is a third category of the symptoms for schizophrenia is cognitive symptoms. 
Um, some patients, the cognitive symptoms of schizophrenia are subtle, but for others, they are more severe, and patients may notice changes in their memory or other aspects of thinking. Um, poor, quote, executive functioning, which is the ability to understand information and use it to make decisions. Like I was saying earlier, it's debilitating for them. Just something so simple as like, I see a penny on the ground. Should I pick it up? Should I not pick it up? Oh, no, it's tails. I'm not going to pick it up. Or, oh, I, know I might need this penny, so I'm going to pick it up. Maybe it's not going to affect me. All this crazy stuff. So it's like 20,000 questions. It's like being extremely tripped out. But this is normal. This is your body That sounds like extreme anxiety. Yeah, it really is. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I? What, what should I do? What should I do? Where should I go? What? 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 What is Martha thinking right now? Like, I'm a little confused. Like, why is this person well, looking at me? Imagine like, adding like voices into it. Like, there is one interview that I saw that's it's called "Chatting with a Schizophrenic," and the guy literally said he started like. Schizophrenia have a voice. Uh, it's one of the most dominant signs. Okay. Usually, voices are pretty dominant with that. I mean, it might be more subtle. But, like, this guy, he said he went to sleep after kind of a stressful situation, and he started hearing his boss's voice in his head <laughs> and how he's, like, talking to his boss. And then it, it was, like, mostly in his dreams, and then all of a sudden it started becoming more noticeable in his waking life where he was having, like, these weird inner conversations. Didn't um, American psycho Patrick Bateman, didn't he have schizophrenia? I can't remember, but I honestly wouldn't be fucking surprised with how he, like, especially he was American like, Psycho with, like, the whole card thing. That's, like, a simple thing of, like, how do you make the most perfect decision to get the perfect card to get that promotion, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even something so small like that, I mean, it's a psychotic behavior. It's not, I wouldn't say that everyone that has schizophrenia is bad, but we'll just go in. It's delusional. It's losing touch with reality. So if you're, like, in this dimension, in this reality, and you're experiencing something that's Maybe alter dimensional. Maybe it's um, you know just losing touch we, with reality. Yeah, you. I mean, and that's another thing too. Is is that when people um, say that like not everybody who's like a killer or like a serial killer or even like in horror movies sometimes most of the time they don't really have a mental disorder. If you think about it, so not all people who have schizophrenia or have a psychosis or um, um, like a psychopathic or a sociopathic tendency or have it, not all of them are bad people. Yeah, no, no, I would never say that. I would definitely, I actually had a crazy great aunt who owned this hotel. She came from like old money in Sacramento and she was known for being the crazy lady with her pet monkeys that lived in the penthouse of this like hotel in Sacramento. But she, um, she was literally nuts. Like she, uh, and it runs in my family, actually, ironically, schizophrenia. But she would um, talk to herself all the time. She had imaginary friends. I would heard stories about it throughout my entire life. And so with having that, but she was a very, she was also reclusive. A lot of times, like, for instance, I have a very big connection to the homeless uh, in the area, but not necessarily people who I deem to be fit could go out into the working world. They're just flying a sign for, you know, a free ride into into this world. But a lot of times I see a lot of crazy, either it's youth or crazy older people that are just really struggling with, um, with 
coping. And uh, we'll get further into it, but a lot of times when you have schizophrenic episodes, you lose so much touch with reality. You could be doing one thing one minute and then the next thing the next minute. And it, like I said, it's not just a biological factor. It's not just genetics. And I would never say that someone who's diagnosed with schizophrenia is a bad person. I think no. bad can be bred in so many different ways. And I think... Well, absolutely, but one of the thing, one of the reasons why it's so hard to talk about is, you know, there's like this bad stigma, yeah, stigma on it. Of course, well, because people are afraid. It's like having a rabid dog. Uh, Dogs with rabies can actually survive, and you give them treatments, and they can live for a long time. But it's like this constant rabid, like they are consistently like fucked up in the head, and it's hard to do because you know if you don't give them the medicine, if you don't take care of them on time, they're going to explode. You know, so it's like. You have to be extremely careful, and it feels like at being a person who's not diagnosed with it, you might feel like you're walking on eggshells or you're on thin ice with someone because you never know what could set them off because their delusions have nothing to do with you. Yeah. You know? And we'll actually get into that, too, with a case that I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> another one is problems with working memory. The ability to use information immediately after learning it. Um, which to me, I thought that was really interesting. So there's actually, uh, a guy who comes into one of my job sites and I don't know if he has schizophrenia or not. I know he's, or maybe early onset dementia, whatever, but he is probably in his mid fifties and he comes in and it's, he cannot really accept any new information. I don't know if he has a previous head injury, but he comes in and he, he's not a customer, but you know, we just kind of allow him to come in. I feel like he as a human being, has this innate, like, social, wants to have a social connection. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he did in his past life, if he was, like, a pilot, if he was a comedian, if he was, I don't really know, because his, he, the way he talks is so interesting. He'll be like, the planes went over Kona, Hawaii today. Kona, Hawaii is about a sheriff that doesn't allow you to have coffee with lids on it. Oh, lids, you know, I used to work for a door manufacturer. I was a manager there, a manager over an entire team. The team, I told them to go to Palmino, California, and they laughed at me. They told me they'd go to Carson City. Haha, <laughs> Carson City's got the biggest whiskey bar that I know of. All this crazy, and it just keeps going. But it's like every, the last word to his last sentence stems his new sentence. So it's like this weird cognitive uh, mechanism to where he continues talking, but he's talking gibberish. It's not making sense. And to him, he is having a complete conversation with us. And to me, it's really important to me to still make him feel like he's a human and not just some crazy guy coming in. So I'll sit there and I'll listen and I'll smile and I'll laugh when I feel like his social key was laughing, you know. And then he just kind of passes through. Sometimes he'll come once or twice into the site that I'm working at. And it's really interesting to me just to watch him. And you can tell he's cared for. So maybe he's just out wandering, but he usually has like a little cup of coffee in his hand and he's got this really nice tan jacket and jeans and like a you know good pair of shoes and he looks like he's not you know he doesn't have a beard growing so it looks like someone's caring for him but it's just interesting to see and that like I said I don't know if he's diagnosed with schizophrenia or what he might what he might have but um that's how I kind of view maybe that cognitive ability like you learn you have reduced function in your speaking you have reduced function in your what you input as new information like, every time this guy walks in, he doesn't remember coming in to the store. That's, so. I mean, that's got to be, I don't even know how they feel about it. So I wouldn't even know how to feel about it. Yeah. I mean, it's what's the best informative 
thing that I've done is just looked up YouTube videos of people that are very open about having schizophrenia and having episodes. It's not always, there's a lot of people that are diagnosed with schizophrenia that don't have, it's not a constant 24-hour thing in the episodes. Mm. It's just they're able to maintain it in their mind, but what they go through on a daily basis, they basically a lot of times find themselves reclusing themselves because their mental conditions prevent them sometimes from having those normal relationships or people who even want to have relationships with them. It's just very hard to, to maintain it and just the social interactions. But mm. anyways, um... Personally, I didn't know this before researching it, but there are actually several factors that are not genetic that come into play with schizophrenia and being diagnosed. Um, some of these genetic factors are A, exposure to viruses. So you can actually get so virally infected that you your brain kind of starts to meld into having a delusional personal like personality disorder like uh, delirium from fevers, which we were talking about before our episode started. Oh, yeah. That actually causes delusions that can cause you to be crazy, you know? They've got yellow fever. You've seen the movie horror movies, Cabin Fever. A lot Just of times in the Wild West, movie. Spanish Fever. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Fuck that movie. Yeah. Well, it was a non-genetic factor Fucking... that caused schizophrenia. I hate. <laughs> I hate that movie. Are you looking up the... Delirium of High Fevers. So that's in her 455 way, alternate ways to get high without drugs. and um, You can get high on schizophrenia, guys. On fever. Don't try this at home. This is a, this is a, uh, I don't even know. This is a, not a public service announcement. No. Jesus Christ, Lisa. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, do you want me to read it? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, this is your time to shine, Lisa. This is my time? Okay, great. So, in... The Book of Highs, 240 Ways to Alter Your Consciousness Without Drugs. Number 49 is Delirium of High Fevers and Naturally Occurring Altered State. Although many people run very high fevers during illnesses and still do not experience delirium, others do so at temperatures as low as 102 degrees Fahrenheit. One young boy who became delirious with scarlet fever ran a temperature in excess of 104 degrees Fahrenheit for almost two weeks. He began to speak to his parents as though they, as though he were wandering through a dream. He did not recognize them, and he seemed yeah. to be talking about a particularly personal world of his own. He complained that the objects he touched, the sheets and the tissues, the thermometer, hurt him and felt like pins and needles. His skin sensitivity due to the illness. Mm -hmm. His senses of size were distorted. Things he thought were small, like his toys, seemed as big as the whole room. While things he thought of as large, like his father, seemed to him very tiny. He often responded to voices that only he could hear. Another perceptual distortion was in his experience of time. His mother would leave him alone for five minutes and he would think she had been gone for five hours. Um, While at other times, hours were kaleidoscoped into mere seconds. Though not everyone who experiences delirium goes through visual, auditory, tactical, and time flow hallucinations, these perpetual alterations of time, or these perpetual alterations are a part 
of many deliriums. I could see it, dude. Like, there's, even if you look at, like, people that are in the voodoo culture and, like, Haiti and stuff like that, most times um, the stuff and the chemicals, I shouldn't say chemicals, a lot of times it's a natural substance that they ingest will cause them to have delusions and delirium. I mean, uh, what is that one? Uh, serpent over the rainbow or something like that about a guy that actually uh, gets ingested into the zombie psyche of Haiti and, like, Haiti mobsters. It's, like, in the 70s. Have you seen that movie? Serpent over the rainbow? No. I have not seen that movie, no. Oh, dude, it's actually really rad. We own it, so if you want to borrow it, totally. I mean, we own, like, a whole fucking array. Found out that, so Sean was trying to look in deeper as to what interests him or what, like, yeah. just to get him away from, like, reality. Come to find out. He's interested in delirious fevers. No. <laughs> I knew Holy this was shit. going somewhere. <laughs> no, he likes thrillers. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of a good notion because I and, feel like well, cause everyone we watched, needs to like some type of horror. We watched this movie called The Twelfth Man, and it's about um, World War Two, like something to do with like the Nazis and stuff like that. Well, half the movie's in German, mind oh, you. You like, guys should watch Overlord. Even... Overlord? Yeah, it talks about World War Two, but it's like an interesting, like, just watch the trailer for it. Oh, it's a new horror well, film that came out. He loves history but he also likes things that like kind of keep him on his toes like keep him thinking and stuff like that and i was like i was like oh so you like thrillers and he's like what and i was like thrillers are kind of like horror movies except minus the gore they give you that psychological um horror more perspective yeah more than more than anything and so he was like huh and i was like have you ever seen what lies beneath and he's like, no. Oh, and I was yeah, like, I, like, I was like, that's yeah, that's 90s, like a yeah. that's a thriller because yeah. nothing really gory happens in that movie, but it keeps you on such suspense that you're like, well, what's, what's gonna, gonna happen, happen next? Mm-hmm. Like, or like this seems logical enough to happen, and then like plot twist and something yeah. different happens, and mm-hmm. it's almost like um like constantly keeping There's your like toes Cold and Creek thinking Manor too that was like in that era that was a bit of a thriller as well. I told him I was like if you like war movies or like history movies um but also like that psychological factor yeah. like I was like watch The Hunt for Red October. And he was like October dude I don't think I've seen that. It's a Cold War movie. Okay. About how they were like in Russia or some shit, and it was October, and they were freezing their asses off. I don't know. It was a book too. Oh, uh, really? October. Yeah. It's Have you ever really read? Movie. Just speaking on this, the weird dynamics and also um, war movies. Uh, have you ever read Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut? I mean, like in high school. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut, I love Kurt Vonnegut, and so many people are like, ah, that's so cliche. Yeah, it is fucking cliche, but. So it goes. And if you're a true fan, you'll know what I'm saying. Um, you should totally read Slaughterhouse-Five. It talks about a guy who actually was in World War II, comes back, and you don't know if he's having delusions or if this is a real, like, alien abduction or whatever he's going through. But the um, concrete detail and the imagery that he provides in that book is absolutely amazing. I mean, if, I know Sean's probably not into reading books, but if you're interested in it, I would definitely say that. Sean didn't complete high school. Well, he but that, doesn't he still knows read. how to read. He reads, <laughs> he but he doesn't, doesn't read like for fun. Read. 
I was like, Mike, Mike's like, if I can look at pictures over reading, I'll do that. And I'm like, all right. I usually like to read. If something's interesting to me, I'll read it. I'm not just going to read anything. I don't read, like, the stocks and, like, the shares and what and everything. Because I don't invest any money in that shit at this time. They've gone down two points. Yes. Indubitably. 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 Um, a couple other genetic factors uh, that are associated with schizophrenia is malnutrition before birth, um, which kind of makes sense why schizophrenia is most prevalent in third world countries. Um, if there's a ton of malnutrition before birth, you got to think like that's affecting their brain and their brain development as like your biggest, uh, you know, for, uh, obviously intelligence factor, but it's creating your spirit and it's creating your intelli- intellectual level. So malnutrition before birth is a really understandable thing. Um, Problems during birth. So, uh, for instance, there's a lot of babies that were born with, like, cone heads because they had a problem coming out. So they actually use, like, almost these pliers or clampers that would pull the baby out. There's a lot of uh, problems that happened with brain development with children that dealt with that. Um, And the last one is the psychosocial factors. So, like, it could be tied with another disorder. Most times people that are diagnosed with schizophrenia um, may have disassociative identity disorder, may have an antisocial disorder, um, social behavioral disorder, a lot of different things. Um, Different brain chemistry and structure, scientists think that an imbalance in the complex interrelated chemical reactions of the brain involving neurotransmitters, substances that brain cells use to communicate with each other, dopamine and glutamine and possibly others, plays a role in schizophrenia. So... Um, with this regard, it's, okay, here's a great thing. If you guys have started watching the Umbrella Academy on Netflix, A, it's fucking amazing, but B, you can take into consideration now, Klaus is a character that comes to mind to me if I think of schizophrenia, but he's not actually crazy, he's just had really fucked up things that happen, but in my mind, the way that he reacts on the outside is very similar how I think some schizophrenics are on the inside so maybe they don't have so some experts also think the problems during brain development before birth may lead to faulty connections the brain also undergoes major changes during puberty and these changes could trigger psychotic symptoms in people who are vulnerable due to genetics or brain differences so that's just kind of how it works and that's why it's really not shown before the age of like 16 but there have been early onset cases in fact there's a um youtube video called meet seven and or meet quote seven quote end quote um but it talks about a seven-year-old who is diagnosed at the early age of or not seven year old she's six and a half when they start to look at the diagnosis of early onset schizophrenia um treatment for it is a little different so there's a couple different treatments for it uh per the uh national uh institute of uh mental health there's anti-psychotic medicine given in pillar liquid form and in some cases, medicinal injections. Uh, the side effects are pretty common with any type of um, antipsychotic treatment, but generally go away within a few days. There's psychosocial treatment or therapy, which is uh, learning and applying exercises to develop healthy coping skills that can prevent relapses and episodes and possibly prevent hospitalization in the future. Psychosocial. Slipknot has a song called Psychosocial. I am actually not fucking surprised Slipknot has a song called Psychosocial. Um, I, there's also, uh, recovery after an initial schizophrenia episode or raise, 
which is aimed at combining the two above treatments with in-home care to provide quality of life for those with schizophrenia. Quote, RAISE is designed to reduce the likelihood of long-term disability that people with schizophrenia often experience and help them learn to be productive independent, and independent. You um, go, girl. You be independent. I know. Like, don't let your crazy define you. Like, And I'm not saying that in a very ignorant or belligerent way. I'm saying that as, like, if you do have a mental health condition, which... I have several people, including members of my own family, that do struggle with some pretty intense um, mental disorders and social disorders and behavioral disorders. Um, do not let that label of having a, dis a disorder define you. You you may as well you may just be own the crazy. word crazy. Fuck it. Well, and you may you may deal with delusions, Bitch, you may deal with I'm paranoia. Crazy. But I'll set your car. I'll set your car on fire. Mm. <laughs> Out. Mm. Key your car. Could be that crazy, crazy ex girlfriend. But like, don't let it. Don't let it define your dreams. You just have a quality of life and understand there is hope. A lot of times, the depression stemmed from uh, being labeled with a mental disorder actually kills the person more than the mental disorder disables them. So keep that in mind. Uh, also what I found really cool is that there's some ways that you can help a person that you know if you do know someone like a loved one you can get them treatment and encourage them to stay in treatment which I said is the number one biggest thing and biggest um, prevention into someone getting um, hospitalized you also have to acknowledge when you're with someone who's around that that you have to keep in mind their beliefs and their hallucinations are very real to them so whether it's true or not and whether you're frustrated with them or not just understand that whatever they're going through that is something that they find to be extremely real. So the best thing you can do is just be comforting and acknowledging of those factors. Um, if you acknowledge them, acknowledge that everyone has the right to see their own way, then it kind of allows them that maybe you're not acknowledging that what they're seeing is real, but you're acknowledging to them that it's real to them. Um, be respectful, supportive, and kind without tolerating dangerous or inappropriate behavior. So a lot of times people with schizophrenia will have manic episodes that cause attacks in that uh, YouTube video seven there's a the girl she like stabs her mom with a fork <laughs> and she has AZ is her disassociative identity uh, disorder personality which um, when she goes into like fits of rage Izzy comes out and Izzy is the one who like will stab and kick and fight and bite and you know that's just gonna get worse the older she gets so don't fucking tolerate that shit. Do not put yourself in harm's way. Unfortunately, um, I'm going to bring up a case where, you know, just a delusional episode affected someone's lives dramatically. Um, also, uh, if you're a loved one of someone who has that, it's very important to get support for yourself. So you can definitely should look at the local support groups in your area to see if there's meetings and stuff that you go to. Uh... One of the last resources that I'm going to bring up is mentalhealthamerica.net had some key points on their site when addressing the top of schizophrenia, um, or topic, I should say. Schizophrenia is a serious disorder which affects how a person thinks, feels, and acts. Someone with schizophrenia may have difficulty distinguishing between what is real and what is imaginary, may be unresponsive or withdrawn, and may have difficulty expressing normal emotions in social situations. Contrary to public perception, schizophrenia is not split personality or multiple personality. The vast majority of people with schizophrenia are not violent and do not pose a danger to others. Schizophrenia is not caused by childhood experiences, poor parenting, or lack of willpower, nor are their symptoms identical for each person diagnosed. 
Uh, schizophrenia's causes are still unclear, and some theories about the cause of disease include genetics, biological like abnormalities in brain chemistry or structure, and or po uh, possible viral infections and immune disorders can cause it. Early signs of schizophrenia is hearing or seeing something that isn't there, a constant feeling of being watched, where it comes into the paranoia, peculiar or nonsensical way of speaking or writing, strange body positioning, feeling indifferent to very important situations, deterioration of academic or work performance, <coughs> a change in personal hygiene and appearance, a change in personality, increasingly withdrawn from social situations, irrational, angry, or fearful uh, response to loved ones, inability to sleep or concentrate, inappropriate or bizarre behavior, and the extreme preoccupation with religion or occult. Um, anyone who experiences several of these symptoms for more than two weeks should seek help immediately. And there's actually a crisis call line that's 1-800-273-TALK or 8255. Or you could just call 911 or go to, like, the emergency room for that. So how do you tell if somebody is possessed or has schizophrenia? So it's all based on your belief in that regard. Um, I personally believe more in science sometimes than I do with that. Uh, because I think that the problem with religion is that you're giving too many people an interpretation. And for instance, there's a, I think it's an A&E show, but I'm not sure. It's called like Leaving the Cult or something like that. And it actually goes into people who have left cults and how they feel like brainwashed. But there was one um, Muslim cult in the Midwest. I want to say actually it was like in Kansas or something like that where... Um, they had child labor that was so severe. It was like malnutritioning the children. They weren't bringing in a whole lot of money. They were making kids work 18 hours a day on top of going to school. It was ridiculous where kids were only sleeping like an hour to a night. Um, there was a girl who actually had cancer, but because the cult and religion did not believe her to go to the hospital and it was, it was straight cult mentality. I shouldn't say it was necessarily religion, but cult mentality she actually ended up dying, but the head of this cult, I don't know what it is in the Muslim religion, and so I'm not going to sound ignorant trying to come up with the title, um, he actually tried to cleanse the girl. He said that she was dying and she was terminally ill because she was not doing certain things that the Muslim religion required her to do. So when it comes to possession, I feel like there is very much a supernatural and paranormal world out there. I think there's also a big scientific world, and I think defining the two is important. I think if you are religious, there's no sense in not cleansing your home as well with someone who's dealing with schizophrenia. Perhaps the cleansing your home would help you better if you are in a religion that believes in praying. I strongly believe in the power of prayer. So you can also pray and meditate, but I don't see, just like I don't believe in the difference between Western and Eastern worlds and med medicinal holistic versus Western medicine, I don't see there being a huge, there shouldn't be a huge line. I think that there should be a huge gray area. So mm. possession might look very similar to schizophrenia and schizophrenia might look very similar to possession. I think that you, there, if you believe in possession, then you can believe in the combining of two, of cleansing your home, cleansing your heart, seeking religious um, factors and religious leaders to kind of assist you with that, as well as the Western medicinal treatment that might be the uh, antipsychotics that are diagnosed. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. 
Um, they also have some really good infographic posters that can be printed out and offer easy insight for psychosis and delusional disorders, which uh, was on that website that I was telling you about. The um, Where was it? It's American Mental Health. Where was it? Oh, yeah. MentalHealthAmerica.net. Um, so a couple of those videos that I was telling you about earlier that I definitely uh, suggest would be Chatting with a Schizophrenic. Uh, meet seven a born schizophrenic and um, I think the other one was like I have schizophrenia and it's just a really simple title but it talks about real people real situations that have this disorder and how they deal with it on a daily basis and how they go forward and it's it's extremely interesting hmm yeah any insight Lisa not that I can think of at the moment I don't know. I feel like it's just an extreme um, disorder that I feel like does require a lot of knowledge. So I hope I didn't bore you guys. If you guys yeah. are still tuned in, I do have a case that was found on the PBS.org website under their frontline tab, which um, they've got cases about schizophrenia, um, insanity plea cases, and like murder cases dating back from the 1800s to the early 2000s. Andrew Goldstein was convicted in 2000 um, after he was diagnosed schizophrenic who had been released from a psychiatric hospital weeks before he killed 32-year-old Kendra Webdale by pushing her in front of a New York subway train in January of 99. Goldstein had been suffering delusions years earlier and in 1989 was diagnosed with, as schizophrenic when he was admitted to a psychiatric ward after pushing his mother into a wall. December of 92, Goldstein had committed himself into a psychiatric hospital in New York, although he displayed extremely delusional and violent behavior while in the hospital. He was transferred to a group home after eight months, and by 96, he was living on his own in New York. Over the next three years, he would repeatedly end up in hospital emergency rooms, acting delusional and asking for help. In November of 99, Goldstein again committed himself, and this time to a hospital in Harlem. He, would, he told intake personnel that he wanted to be hospitalized because of severe schizophrenia. Hospital records from his stay describe him as thought disordered, delusional, and psychotic. However, after less than a month, just days after hospital records noted that he remained delusional, Goldstein was released from the hospital with a referral for outpatient therapy. Three weeks later, however, he pushed Kendra Webdale under a train. Um, this kind of gives insight to why it's important if you know someone or have a loved one who it might be a severe schizophrenic to help them get the treatment and stay up on that because if you just leave it up sometimes to the state or That's sometimes kinda, just to general yeah. hospitals but, i mean like that could be anybody if you think about it that could have happened to fucking anybody what do you mean like you could just be like walking and at a bus stop just waiting for the bus and some oh, yeah. person with schizophrenia or some sort of delusion going on could think you are something else and end up putting you in harm's way. Like, that could happen to anybody. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I wanted to bring up this case because um, Goldstein's first trial ended in a mistrial where the jury was deadlocked. The second jury rejected Goldstein's insanity defense plan convicted him of second-degree murder after just 90 minutes of deliberation. He was sentenced to 25 years to life. In the response to Goldstein's case, a New York legislator enacted an outpatient commitment statute known as Kendra's Law, which authorizes courts to force mentally ill people living in the community to take medication. So before this, apparently, I don't know if it was statewide or nationwide or whatever, but you, if you were diagnosed with something, you could just be released for outpatient therapy but not have to 
be forced to, to, to continue taking medicine. So now Kendra's Law switches it to where you are forced to take medicine. And if you're found not taking medicine, then you go back into inpatient therapy. A hundred percent. It's almost like going into prison, getting out of prison and having like a PO to a certain extent. Understood. That makes perfect sense. But it is scary to think about that that could happen to anyone just like anyone can experience schizophrenia given whatever condition. Mm-hmm. You know, um, your brain is a very fragile tool. And like I was saying, I think on the last episode, sometimes you can get a head injury and all of a sudden you have a mental disorder. Sometimes yeah. you can wake up after having an extreme disease and get a mental disorder. Mental disorders are there because our brain, it's almost like if we took a a look into our brain. Yeah, and acted it as if if we took into consideration what our brain went through as much as like our liver goes through, right? Our liver is a huge detoxifying agent in our bodies, but we sometimes we don't acknowledge that we still have to care for it as much as we have to care for our brain because it's not outwardly put out there. Right. But if you don't care for even your gut, your gut biome, if we're you have, have bad like health. We're going to have five Bloody Marys in the morning, and then we're going to move on to gin and tonics in the afternoon and yeah. wash everything down with some brandy. Speaking of gin and tonics, I want to go back to the gut, gut biome for a minute, but speaking of gin and tonics, actually there was a study that was just done by an Austrian university that states people who prefer uh, gin and dark chocolate and black coffee usually tend to be more of a psychopath than others. Because this bitter taste that they've formed in their mouth tends to hold usually the same characteristic of people with higher and more extreme judgment. So, like, psychopaths are usually, as, as much as a gray area as it is, usually extremely black and white. And usually have OCD behaviors and usually have a very, like, strict regime for themselves. Hence, American Psycho. He had his regime every single day. Does this mean I'm a psychopath? I feel like every single episode you're going to think if you are something or not. <laughs> I get extremely high and I get very paranoid. I feel like that's just... Uh, it's I'm honestly, a, I am a very paranoid person in general, though. I feel like you have a pretty good weed tolerance. I feel like you have a pretty good weed tolerance. That well, paranoia just is just part of the game. Sober. My soberness is also very paranoid. Because if you think of all things, like you dissect a situation and you look at everything from every possible scenario that could ever possibly happen, of course you'd be fucking paranoid. Well, and you gotta think, like, there's nothing in life that's 100%. Like, there really isn't anything in life that's 100%. That's why you have to be very aware of yourself and very careful with yourself and careful how you react to others. I mean, there's even, what's that one movie? Oh, it's like 186 or 386 or something or 36,000 or something like that. But it's a, it's a movie about this guy who falls in love with like beautiful women, but each beautiful woman he falls in love with is kind of crazy. And the one girl that he actually, actually like falls, falls head over heels with is actually really sweet, but she just says the wrong thing to the wrong person and gets fucking whacked, dude. It's... It's an intense movie, and he just has to deal with it, and he just has, like, one of the end lines is like, oh, I just love beautiful women, and he always gets himself in these, like, fucked up predicaments with these crazy-ass women. Anyways, that's also an interesting thing, but going back to what I was talking about with the gut biome, even if you're not even healthy, you know, like, say you eat fast food and junk and everything like that, and you start dealing with depression, your depression could easily stem from just your diet, Mm -hmm. your diet and your physical activity. 
and people don't know. And normally people are predisposed to two different types of mental health. One is that your depression stems your anxiety. The other one is your anxiety stems your depression, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I tend to be the latter. My anxiety will stem my depression mm-hmm. if because I'm not normally depressed. But if I have too much anxiety about a situation, I get like this doom and gloom over me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. That's agreeable. Because if you think about it, no matter what you consume, you're mm-hmm. consuming its energy. Mm-hmm. As vampiric as that fucking energy. sounds, yeah. like, it's literally the truth. Like, whatever meat you eat, whatever vegetables you have, like, you're well, taking in that energy too. from, yeah. one, a life source, so... Was it taken care of? Was it, like, in the best? I think that's why everybody is so, like, no GMO, and it must come from, like, a nice farm. Well, GMOs, too, like, so say you take an organic tomato. There is nutrient value in every single piece of that organic tomato. There's non-GMO organic tomato. A GMO tomato might be three times the size, and you're like, wow, I get my bigger bang for my buck. But it's basically, like, diluting, like, water filling, diluting the nutritional value in that. So mm-hmm. the reason why there's a huge obesity epidemic too, which I can go on about, is normally because this one organic tomato that would have made you full, it would have been the perfect amount for you and your family. You decide to get the bigger one to have more, but you're you're buying a cheaper version and you're actually slightly starving yourself because your body needs so much nutritional value that if you're not getting it through the fruits and vegetables that you put in your diet, whether you think you're being good or not, the GMOs are fillers, and it's actually just filling you up with basically like water and non-substantial fillers that you're not getting all the nutrients you need, and your body goes into a starvation mode. Oh, and usually, with the starvation malnutrition. mode, malnutrition causes obesity. People don't think that way. Malnutrition causes schizophrenia, and people don't know that. Exactly. So <laughs> make sure that you're eating a healthy diet because it could affect your mental health as well as it can affect. Um, your overall appearance, obviously, even if you're not eating, we're that's sensitive thing too. beings, dude. Anything can affect you. Yeah, we're actually we have, for as but much the, as we can endure, we're pretty sensitive. Yeah, that's why I don't I believe we have a natural niche on this planet. That's why I do believe in some aspect. I, I do believe in that idea of creation because I just don't see us naturally fitting. I don't. I see evolution to a certain extent. There's, and I believe evolution in a lot of other animals. And a lot of other mammals, I just don't see humans evolving beyond, like, the technological adaptations that we have. I mean, yes, we do have our skin variations. Yes, we do have our internal um, bone, um, uh, I want to say, like, bone structures that can be differentiated due to adaptation. But what I'm saying is I sometimes don't see with that missing link where we go back from science and just say here's where we started i totally believe in the theory that i learned in forensic anthropology where we had an evolved subspecies and then we had humans that came here the subspecies then eventually deteriorated beings baby yeah maybe maybe we're aliens i don't know it's quite interesting (laughs) oh what are you doing all right well we've got osiris here i need to go be a mom now guys say 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 you say hello. Say hi, guys. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Ooh. All right. Well, thanks, Chris, for listening to season four, episode two, schizophrenia of our... This paranoid chick's got to go pay her Paranoid and paranormal.
paranoid, paranoia, whatever. We're all of these things, all of the above. We're going to just we're check all, yeah. D or E or wherever that one's at on the chart. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, you guys have a fantastic week. Yes, peace out, dudes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.